Hello, everybody. It's Kirk Henderson once again with another episode of Kirk Your Enthusiasm. I'm joined tonight by longtime friend of the show, friend of Mavs fans everywhere, the original child uh, Mavericks reporter, Ben Collins of NBC News. Hi, Ben. How are you? Kirk, I am blessed and honored to be here. That's, that's, well, how, that's how I am today. I'm really glad you're back because it's my 25th episode. You are a multiple-time guest. You are one of the few people who, along with me, were able to will uh, Luka Doncic to the Mavericks two-ish years ago. Sure. So it's it's about time that we reconvene and talk about things again because finally, uh, you know, after this this pandemic and pause in the season, it seems that the, the NBA is is really really going to restart um I, I don't know how to process this there's so much information out there that i've almost become kind of like numb to what's happening so so you know what in the heck is like what what's going on like what what do you know to be the circumstance right now so it's gonna happen at disney world uh it's not gonna happen at like space mountain but it's gonna happen at disney world that that does seem to be something that's ironclad at this point uh so much so that people are already haggling over hotel rooms and hotels in which one is the best hotel and things like that. We're going to circle uh, back to that tonight. We're going to circle back to to that. We absolutely must. Yeah. Um, So, Kirk, I think I told you before anybody knew that that there is the idea that this might be a – there could be a World Cup stage format with Mm -hmm. 20 teams um, that – uh, would include the Mavericks. The best news about all this stuff for us is that no matter what, the Dallas Mavericks are going to play basketball in the next month and a half. That's yes. what we that's what we know. That is not true of all teams. That is definitely true of our team. So that we are we should be very grateful for that. Um, the twenty group, uh, the twenty team group stage format would be a lot like the World Cup, where you know there's there are tiers, and then within those tiers uh, that you they, they uh, bracket out a bunch of other teams within those groups. The Mavericks would be probably not in a great situation here. We would probably be at the very top of a third tier, which would make it so we play a lot of good teams in one, in one tier. We would not be favored to make it past this group stage. But uh, it is a possibility, and it certainly seems like it's picking up momentum. That's one yeah. option. Uh, another option is just play a few games, bring all 30 teams back, uh, have them play like five or six games, and then they go into the playoffs. Another option is just to play the playoffs, in which case we're in there too. And then there are other kind of wild scenarios where they have the uh, teams 13 through 30 or 13 through 28 yeah. play a play-in tournament for the 7 and 8 seed, which although it would screw the Mavericks, I think is not a terrible concept because I've always wanted this to happen. So um, I, uh, I I think that would be a kind of a kind of a cool solution too. I think so, what my guess as to what's going to happen is the first thing, the group stage thing. I know it sort of deviates from what we know about basketball and how people make the playoffs traditionally, but it gets a lot of teams into one space. Uh, all of the dead end teams don't play, uh, and it, it protects the NBA's assets. Like Zion plays in this thing. Uh, the Spurs make the playoffs, basically things like that. So I, kn- I know, I know, it's annoying. But hey, Kirk, what do you think? What's the best thing here? What, what should we be doing? So the one that amuses me the most is – like of the two options, like like let's say that there's the the regular playoff format. If we were to start the playoffs today, the Mavericks would be a seventh seed playing the number two Pistons. If they reseeded everything and did a straight one through sixteen bracket, the Mavericks would also be playing the Clippers um, as as they're both. Yeah. So so like that horrifies me from either angle. 
I have kind of long publicly staked the opinion that playing the Clippers is the worst possible outcome for the Mavericks. The Mavericks don't learn anything. The Clippers are designed to beat the Lakers, and the Mavericks are essentially a B version of the Lakers at this point, if we're being honest. I don't mean to kill our chances. Yeah. It's just kind of the nature of no, I, things. I think we had this conversation like January or something on this podcast. So <laughs> I agree with you. If we, if we are uh, If we play the Clippers, we are in deep trouble because – uh, Kawhi Leonard will between Kawhi and Paul George and Patrick Beverly, they're sort of designed to trap and frustrate mm-hmm. the objects and they have all season long. It's not one of those things that's hypothetical. Like for example, like Drew Holiday is hypothetically good against Luka Doncic, but in real life he isn't. That's mm-hmm. not the case with the Clippers. They are very good both hypothetically and in reality uh, at defending our schemes. So, so we I... are in tough shape if that's the case. But if like if there are play-in games, if there are other things. Uh, that should help the Mavericks a little bit more. That, than that's kind of where I am. So anything that gives Dallas an op- opportunity to move away from where they currently are is probably their best option. Even though I don't like, I like the group. I like the World Cup kind of grouping idea as a concept. I don't like it in practicality because it's a naked attempt to get Zion Williamson in the playoffs. And I'm sorry, I think like, that's that's a huge part of it. Yep, that's definitely it's, true. It's, and you know what? And and you know they're they're trying anything that involves twenty twenty teams seems to kind of thread the needle for the money making operations involved here because everyone's freaking out reasonably so about their long term, uh, and you know money change like what this does to the cap, what this does to revenue all the way across the board. So I completely get it from that point of view. I'm just I'm not really big picture. I'm not really thrilled about any of the options because the Mavericks are ahead of where, you know, pragmatists might have thought they would have been. Um, anybody that was super into them making the playoffs this year and being as good as they were in chunks were, you know, kind of the optimists. I don't want to say they were wrong because the tools were all there. It's just everything kind of came together in a way that that we should be excited as fans. It was a really, really fun season. You know, it's crazy to me. I don't know if I've talked with you about this stat or not, but did you know that the Mavericks only have one lineup, a five-man lineup that has over 200 minutes uh, playing together? Like that's just how injury, it's how injury ravaged they were. So it's like where they are right now, we should, I should probably be a little more, you know, excited about things long-term. It's so just, you know, them getting the playoffs is in doing this is going to be interesting. Um, I, I have some questions about, you know, at least what your response and, and kind of understanding is about some specifics with restarting the Mavericks, but we'll get to that in a second. Do is there any one format which you think actually helps them? Because I'm kind of at the point where I, I just I think they're kind of, you know, they just need to get on the floor, really. Yeah, totally. I, the best format would be some something where everybody comes back. They play five or six, five or six games. They find a way to get up to the five seed ahead of the Thunder or something. Mm-hmm. And they play from there because they can absolutely beat the Nuggets or you know or the Jazz definitely with uh, Bogdanovich after the rest of the year. We are better than those teams and the Thunder. We're better than all of those teams, I think, on paper. And we play the Nuggets very well. So uh, that's the best case scenario. I don't think that's going to happen because logistics is getting thirty teams there for right. where you know fourteen of them just go away after three weeks. I don't think that's really sustainable. So. Look, I, I hope that this is – I hope that that's what happens. I don't think it's going to take place. But I do think that this team is in a better place than a lot of other teams that have taken time off. And I think that that's a really positive thing. I think there are other teams that didn't need a break like this. Luka Doncic needed a break. You know, KP could use some time off. 
Um, mm-hmm. there, there are a lot of these teams that were rolling. The Bucks were rolling. Yeah. Uh, the Lakers are rolling a little bit. They uh, actually, did, I want to amend, my, amend something quickly. The Bucks lost the last three games they played, but before that, they were rolling. Right. So, um, I, I think you know the the high tier teams are probably the most nervous ones because they have to go into this. Currently, we don't even know what's going to happen. They have to go into this uncertain thing. Might be a group stage. Might be a uh, might just be a, a quicker playoff. There might be five game series in the first in the first round. And they have to immediately be good again. And I don't know if that's possible. Some teams will just get better over time. Like Zion's completely healthy. Uh, Dame Lillard might be better. They have Yusuf Nurkic on that Portland team. So and they weren't even supposed to make the playoffs, and they might be reinvigorated. So it's going to be a complicated time until we figure out exactly what's going on. I think, you know, it's going to get lost in this. And I honestly, I'd kind of forgotten about it. You know, just the way the season wound down and the fact that, you know, but, my wife pointed out that it's for her and I and our family. This is the 75th day in a row we've been home. And like that, like when you think of it in context of number of days, and Rick Carlisle actually said this in the Hoops Adjacent podcast last week, this break that they have been on is nearly as long as as kind of the end of season, like, like cha- you know, from the championship to when training camp starts for these guys. It's almost that lengthy of a break. And you know, it's, it's going to be another month, I think, before they really get things going. You know, the Mavericks are opening up their practice facility tomorrow, which is something. But the health of the Mavericks, they were really shook. We, you know, we don't really want to talk about it because you can't you – know, every team has injuries. But, like, Luca's hand was a disaster. His ankle was yeah. not good. And and the break, if, if there was going to be one like this, it's really going to serve to benefit him. And – in terms of, of a limited format, I can think of few players in the NBA that I would actually want over Luca, just because he's kind of that ultimate big, you know, big game player. He has that history from overseas. He's a guy that I'm really looking forward to seeing in the playoffs. But this isn't even like normal playoffs because the playoffs are a long dragged out series. If there's anything funky like group play, like I don't see the Mavericks like losing. Everyone's really excited for somebody like Dame Whiny Man Lillard to be in you know one of these one game <laughs> eliminations. But it's a very similar thing with Luca, where I would like to see what he can do in a seven game series. Yes, of course I'm going to choose like somebody like LeBron, you know, somebody uh, like Jokic who's who's done it. But in a single game right now, Luca's one of the most dangerous guys in the league. Yeah, I think that teams that rely heavily on schemes don't rely heavily on uh massive runs like mm-hmm. for example the lakers and bucks do substantially uh it will really help them the mavericks are better on the road than than at home so there's there if there's some sort of home court advantage for them if they rely on the energy of an arena it i, don't, I haven't seen it yet it doesn't really right. exist for them this is it's a really good environment for them to be in a bubble with either no crowd noise or like a dj playing in the background or something so whatever solution they have really does benefit this specific team. It's a team that calls a lot of plays, um, like works through the flow of their offense, and is better when they're unperturbed by other teams going on massive runs. We've lost huge leads because of loud crowd noise or like two or three times this year. That's really not going to happen in this environment. So I I agree with you. I think in the group stage, they're in very good shape. It really depends on how they're grouped up. Mm-hmm. Um, and they could – they, they've always played – these very good teams very well. They, play, they played the Lakers really well. 
Um, you know, they played the Bucks really well. They beat the Bucks. They've um, they other than the Clippers, I don't really see a problem for for the Mavericks. And if the Clippers don't make it out of their group stage by some miracle or something, like we have a real shot at going pretty deep here. Maybe the West Conference Finals. And I, I do think it really, you know, this stuff gets decided. I'm I don't know. You, you know, I, I shouldn't be, I shouldn't be conspiracy, you know, put like discussing conspiracy related things with the guy who literally has to deal with conspiracy <laughs> theory crap for a living. But I sort of feel like when it comes to this sports business stuff, a lot of these things get decided. And then because the NBA is really good at public relations, they, they inch information out. So I feel like this 20, this, this group stage thing is done. And they're, you know, setting the table and getting people used to it instead of just announcing it. And I, I, I with that in mind, I'm, I'm kind of okay with it. But is there anything, and we'll talk about this some more, I think, as we actually get confirmed. But with that format, or really with what's going on with, with you know, the pandemic and everything else, are you concerned about anything with the Mavericks? Like, what, what is kind of hovering, you know, in the background that, that you've been thinking about during the long layoff? Uh, Luca's weight. <laughs> uh, I, I don't mean to be cr- like cruel or mean. I just, you know, the guy loves a donut or like a cheeseburger or whatever. It's, uh, it's hard to, I, trust me, man. Is, I've only done, I, I've done with yoga for the rest of my life. Like I cannot, I can do a he- hand, like a headstand now and I don't even want to, but I am thoroughly bored by working out. I can't imagine what it's like if you are Luka Doncic, you know, hanging out in Spain with your friends or your, you know, your girlfriend or whatever, and your dog, mm-hmm. I, I just can't imagine what, what's going on there. Or Slovenia, do you, know, do you even know where he is? I don't even know I where he is. I think he might be in Slovenia. Um, the funny part about that is, and that was kind of, that actually allows a pivot to my next question, but he, he's really stopped posting on social media. He was yeah. a fairly regular something. And really his girlfriend is the only one who's been posting anything of their dogs. He's more or less stopped since he posted that plane photo. Uh, because yeah. as you know, Woj just threw that little bomb into one of his posts, maybe 10 days ago about how the NBA was not happy that he left, which I mean, I found to be asinine. Uh, who, yeah, if you have let, the means, like he's, he's, he's yeah, right. He's 20 something. He's healthy. Dallas County has not handled everything as good as you would have liked, you know, even given, you know, compare, I know compared to Texas, they've done okay. But you know, if you have the opportunity to get out and go home, why would you not? So like, I was fine with that. But, yeah. Uh, Especially at that time where everything's up in the air. I, it's like blaming the kid for that is insane. I, I don't, yeah. I don't like that at all. I didn't, I did I actually didn't hear that. And now I'm mm-hmm. like a little upset, Kirk. <laughs> like, it was, it was thrown into a Woj article, just Luca, like NBA stars, like Luca Doncic. It just killed me. I'll have to send it to you after this. It was one of those things that, that got snuck in where it, uh, I don't remember who said this to me, but, but someone said it reminded them of like the early days of Woj reporting on LeBron, where he was just like always constantly writing nasty things. <laughs> it just yeah. really made me laugh. But there's, you know, that, that's kind of where we are with this. It's a little bit of an odd situation. Um, the Mavericks, so this is not a political podcast, but we do have to discuss some political things. So in the last couple of sure. days, the, you know, the, the Trump administration and the Department of Homeland Security have basically designated professional athletes as essential personnel. 
which I find hilarious and insulting, but it is what it is. We're not here to talk about that. Acting director Wolf basically put out a statement hmm, five days ago, and it, it said, you know, athletes returning to the United States. I'm dumbing this down. I could be getting this wrong. So please correct me if I'm if, if, if you know any of the specifics. But I believe he, he basically gave professional athletes a form that serves as a line jump that allows them to get back into the country quicker than possible. They would still have to quarantine for two weeks or it's recommended self-quarantine. But, you know, the Mavericks would make Luca do that. The Mavericks getting KP and Luca back into the country is one of the things that we have not t- seen talked about. Because, you know, the Mavericks haven't wanted to acknowledge that he's gone, but it does pose a specific challenge for them. Or am I wrong? No, I, th- I think you're right. And same thing with uh, a lot of Raptors players. They're trying to figure out what's going on. The Kyle Lowry just decided to stay in Philly and, like, get out of Dodge just so he didn't have to quarantine. Mm-hmm. They were at, a, like, a distinct disadvantage. I, I do wonder about that because if I would – by the way, if I was them now, like, as much as I just said, leave him alone and everything, if I was Luca and KP now, knowing that training camp might be about to start in a couple of weeks, I would just try to come back at this point. I think it's probably probably time to start getting the uh, the private jets moving towards well, see, America. That's, that's what that, you know. That's why not not to again be conspiratorial, but that's what makes me think that this has been in action for at least ten, at least a week to ten days. Because I wouldn't be shocked if we see Luca in the country next week. Um, like yeah. that, that, that yeah. was the sort of thing that they've already been put in motion. And, you know, if they wanted to go home, the Mavericks weren't going to stop either one of them for long-term, you know, irritability reasons, but it's still, it's just an interesting thing because they get here and then they have to either quarantine or they have to quote quarantine and not make sure right. that they get caught. You know, um, it's a very like yeah. just dicey, yeah. like public relations issue for both the Mavericks and then, you know, just, just to get the team back together because those are the two two best players in the team. It's just kind of one of those odd things. I never thought we like like quarantine is one thing, you know, pandemic is another, but then like figuring out how to get around quarantine during a pandemic, it's just like this is not a discussion I thought I'd be having. No, it's it is it's gonna be like a bit of a bit of a spy movie. And the fact that we haven't seen him is is also telling. I'm I am so this this discussion has made me a little bit more worried about our chances, <laughs> considering the circumstances. Like, mm-hmm. if if he comes back and he's in even okay shape, and then he has to quarantine for two weeks and he's not really he's touching a basketball but only by himself, and then he doesn't get back into contact until, uh, you know, midway through whatever training camp they have. Right. That's gonna be an issue. Like that's gonna that's gonna be a pain in the ass for the Mavericks in terms of advancing the playoffs. But the truth is. Look, the guy, the kid needs to be comfortable. Our chances of like winning a championship this year are negligible. Um, we we talked about this previously a couple months ago. The number one priority for this team moving forward is keeping Luca happy, keeping KP happy. So if he wanted to go home, you go home, you go home, and you uh, yell at the league for castigating him because yeah. um, you have to you you have to make sure he remains a Dallas Maverick for his career. And the best way to do that is to appease him in a really precarious moment like this. So look, it's going to be a tricky time getting him back and then making sure he's in shape, making sure after quarantine, he can you know practice for the team. He is the team basically, or he's our entire offense. So uh, that's going to be the issue. But again, I would say like right now, I'm sure there's some conversation between, you know, Donnie and Mark and the league office trying to get him back into America. Yeah, yeah, and for this is purely selfish, but like 
you know, in terms of figuring out how to cover all this, it's been very weird. Um, yeah, I'm, I had, I don't know, I wouldn't say I've tuned out of the NBA, but just due to life circumstance and such, you know, I was trying to touch base with Josh on here. I transitioned into this kind of editor in chief role over the last several weeks. And congratulations! It's just, <laughs> it's just hard. Thank you. It's just hard to know what to expect because, you know, uh, our, our staff and then by extension, our fandom, you know, I'm sure you have people that kind of fall into two camps, like people who are like itching for basketball to be back. And then people who are so overwhelmed by what's happening in their lives day to day, that basketball is not even a consideration. And so it's just so odd. Like I was pretty sure they're going to cancel the season and judging by what's happened over the last probably 72 to 96 hours, I've really, you know, I've obviously, you know, swung it around, but I just, I, Personally, I can't believe they're going to do this because the more we hear about this bubble plan, and I kind of want wanted to talk about Disney World, I want to talk about the NBA at large, just because I wanted to talk about this with somebody. This is insane. No, it's completely <laughs> nuts. And I, I really, the more I think about it, the people who say like there's going to be an asterisk about this, I'm like, yeah, the asterisk is going to denote that some team out of this alive. Like I, I don't, and I, I mean that figuratively, but if say LeBron takes over and just takes over the entire playoffs, like that's the only thing I can think of that would put him in the, like the goat conversation for me, yes. because the, the, it is an incredibly hard thing to do this, to be in basically isolation in a place that you don't live uh, during a, a time where everything's precarious. You have no idea if next year the, the players around you are going to be paid the same, or if the league is going to survive this in they're obviously going to survive this, but in a, in the same way that it was pre-pandemic. And you, you have to drown all this stuff while you're in a bubble and in Florida in the summer. Like, this is really hard. So um, it, I hope people, uh, when this comes back, don't downplay this and how the players are dealing with this and poo-poo, like, because eventually they're, some, some of them are going to complain about hotels. We were talking about that. And some of them are going to complain about the conditions there when, you know, they're staying like a five-star hotel. It's going to happen. I hope they realize that this is not easy. This is, you know, these these are some of the first people back to work like full bore other than essential workers in this country. Um, I hope people appreciate this. And you plan as a, as a, you know, as an employee doing whatever job you do, you plan on how to handle your job a certain way. So what if you're told as a, okay, an NBC investigative journalist, what if you're told that you have to investigate, but you are all the tools, all the things that you use on a daily basis are taken away from you? How do you do your job? It's not that dissimilar from what's happening with these basketball things, because I do want to talk about the ridiculousness of, of some of the things coming out with like the player discussions. But, you know, these guys train for years. They get used to their routines and essentially we're uprooting them and saying, go play in a format and situation that is completely different than what you, what we prepared you for. And that can't be understated. Yeah. And by the way, you're the only thing on TV, just FYI, mm. like you mm. are going to be under the most specific mi- microscope of your life. Even you, you think you're under a microscope right now, like just wait, for this. you are going I, to be the most watched thing on television. 
I mean, so, I heard I heard the like like the Jordan documentary and then that golf match the other day were drawing like numbers that they've not seen for this sort of sporting event in like decades. Like for just one off things, yeah. it's been decades since they've seen this type type of coverage. Like America is going to hear about Luka Doncic. Like that's that's a thing that is happening. It's going to be very peculiar. Now, I do want to pivot to some of the silly stuff because this just kills me. So today, as one of the things I don't understand about professional sports bargaining really with um, really it's the, the uh, agents is in the middle of a pandemic, when you are renegotiating your CBA to make sure that you can get paid and play basketball and do these sorts of things, what and why are any of these agents leaking out some of these details you, do you know which details I'm talking about? I'm specifically thinking about first that they want their families there, and then second yep. that they're concerned about the accommodations at Disney World. Yeah, I, I the Disney World thing, I was so worried about what that was going to look like because of how like frivolous that looks to the outside. I think people understand like the family thing, but they also understand that like what is a family in this situation like how, how does that get dictated of course you want to see your kids and your wife but is it like you know 40 extra people we don't know doesn't that right. uh doesn't that make it harder to even have a bubble they said people can leave the bubble all this stuff i also agree with you i don't even if i was an agent and i was negotiating this stuff this is not stuff i would leak that's not the no. thing that i would talk about i would talk about you know live like living conditions like if you're talking about leaving the bubble that's something i have to talk about generally but the uh you know the appearance of like i can't believe we have to stay at thunder mountain or whatever that's that's not great but i am now looking at a list of of all the resorts and they say you know there are enough for each team but some of them are listed as value or moderate resorts let me tell you my man Let, let me tell you let me tell you i went to disney world last year i got a bonus for the first time in my life i spent more money on one vacation than i've ever spent on anything there's a reason that Disney is one of the more profitable country or cu- countries companies on oh, planet Earth. Too. Yeah, it is, yeah. And, and really, Disney World is is its own country. They have their own like they don't pay attention to some of Florida's regulations and laws. That place is there is no better place in the world to do this for this many players. Number one, the customer service is outstanding. Number two, the accommodations are great. You know, Wilderness Lodge sounds stupid, but it's a $500 a night hotel room. That's not any different than what you're paying at, at, you know, the Ritz-Carlton in some of these places where people currently stay. I'm, like, obviously, I'm a little annoyed for, like, practical reasons. Like, I don't know what the current unemployment rate is in this country, but it's high. So hearing people, like, complain about getting to pay, like, and it's coming from the agents. It's not coming from the players. Again, we, we, you know... I'm not saying shut up and dribble or anything like that, but this is just some of this whining is just, it's, it's just so ill-timed. Like what, what are we doing? I think it's premature. Yeah. That's what it's premature. We don't know what it actually looks like yet. So it comes out looking half-baked, but right. If they're putting, that's the thing is if they're putting the Grizzlies in a Marriott and they're putting the Lakers in (laughs) villas at Disney's grand Floridian resort and spa, then I think they've got a point like that, but we have to see what this actually looks like. But, yes. but the point you just made before that is really important. There is no better place than this. Disney is quite literally a city state that operates kind of separate of the law. But the good news is uh, all of their employees are almost like maniacally happy and helpful people. So 
they, they are like you said they are built for this moment they're built to to bring in uh like basically the world's most expensive college campus for the next three months i require video of nba players being bussed in on the big disney buses that they take you yes. from orlando to disney world where you get out of the hotel or get to the hotel and there's dozens of unbelievably gleeful employees that are just there to ask you how you're doing to get you checked in i you know to give you the ears like i i require it it is it is the social yeah. content that i need now yeah, LeBron and Pluto taking the monorail to Game Seven. I think that's exactly what we yes. need. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And talk about uh God. There's some old Topher Grace movie. I, I can't remember what it was. It had Scarlett Johansson, and there's this hilarious speech about synergy. Oh, Ma- Is Mary, it do you in remember? Good Company. I feel like yes. I've seen this movie. In Good Company. Yeah. That's what it was. And Topher Grace gives this ridiculous speech about synergy, like ABC, Disney. ESPN, NBA, all there together. It's just the perfect opportunity for corporate synergy. And in my household, as I have a four-year-old, I subscribe to all things Disney, and I am all about this just from a from a you know synergistic point of view. It's gonna be, I think it, you know, maybe it it really is just me being very confused, you know, just like missing live sports. I've like worked through most of our, our TV background, but like this is is something that I I have I was first annoyed by, but over the last, I don't know, five, six days, I've slowly gotten pretty excited about the prospect. What about you? No, I'm, I'm super jazzed. And I actually think that I watched a little bit of that golf thing this weekend and the way they, they handled it was, was kind of incredible in part because Charles Barkley was there and doing Charles Barkley stuff. But <laughs> there are ways to make this more, more entertaining than one with a, than one with an audience. Like I, I totally believe that you could, recruit jay-z to dj in the background during game four or something it's very doable to do this in a really entertaining way that doesn't pipe in crowd noise that's fake that sounds nuts to me did you hear about that suggestion that they're gonna pipe in fake crowd noise because i think that's kind of insane i mean i think the argument could be made that most nba games are filled with piped in fake crowd noise true it's a very good point it's, I mean, that's a that's the old WWF trick. They used to do that when they were uh, dead crowds. They would just pipe it in all day long. But I, that's the thing is, I think that we can. I think there are things that we might learn from this that can be used later on. Um, whether that is like in-game DJs or like turning up the mics in the court for like sure. a thirty-second delay or something. I, I I think there there are ways to innovate in this time that are really cool and interesting. Like, what yeah. what do you think they should do in the background? What do you think? What do you think they should do to make it feel less? sort of like dead and open i'm not sure they need to do anything i think where they're going to run into problems is some of the built-in dead time zones like the tv timeouts and things where players are walking off the court and you're just used to hearing the you know the piano and just kind of the background noise and stuff like that that's going to be a little odd they, you know, if they're playing a ton of these games in a short period of time, they're going to have to find a way to speed up the game as is, which is going to be frustrating, I think, for some NBA teams. But other than that, I, I either quicker cuts to commercial, which I don't think anyone would hate from an advertising point of view, or find a way to sort of speed up aspects of the game. I guess that would that would be kind of my my two thoughts on that. Yeah, I think like there would be just be generally less dawdling. Um, less like 
30 seconds between free throws sort of things. I think that that, that will just inherently speed up the pace of the game a little bit. And that could just be good. That's, that's something that they've wanted for a long time now. Um, so I don't think this is a loss. I think that, you know, people who assume that this is going to be weird and bad and that the, like the level of play is going to be lower and that like this isn't going to count in the same way. I think generally talent wins out. It'll shake out that way. And hopefully we'll be able to hear the game a little bit more. Like, do you know how cool it would be if we can hear them call out plays and then go over game tape and be like, ah, oh, they called that thumb down the floppy or something like mm-hmm. we, can, we can actually go back and learn what these are and not just deduce it from like, like pouring over game tape over time. Like yeah. we can be students of the game in a much different way. Um, if this is, you know, presented in a much more naked way, which inherently it will be. So I'm, so, I'm so looking forward to that. I think that'll be the coolest thing there is. Luca cursing in Spanish. Really yeah. looking forward to that. <laughs> There's some stuff there. Uh, yeah. Apparently when he, when he curses in Spanish, it's like the worst shit you can say. So I can't wait to hear what it is. <laughs> See, and the, Yeah. And, and they're going to, that sort of stuff is where I'm really, that's kind of the, the dark, silly stuff that I'm looking forward to as we get back into this. Well, I've taken up too much of your time on a, um, what day is it? Apparently it's Wednesday. Oh, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, sure. Do you have any other boiling takes? You know, I, you and I have talked, we talk at least a couple times a week. I think we have some stuff that I think I would like to wait into the off season to kind of ping through with you just whenever we're really kind of, I almost said when we were starving for content, which we're not at the moment, but it's stuff that I think would be better served for whenever there's not, you know, news coming up. Ooh, breaking news coming over the wire. Jason Terry accepts assistant coaching job at Arizona. That's interesting. Good for him. Okay. Um, but yeah, do you have any, nice. any burning hot takes? Um, I'll just throw out a couple and we won't talk about them. We'll just throw them out. I think I, we just talked about this, but I think the Mavericks will trade their picks this year because it makes a lot of sense for them mm. to use an asset in the future and the draft sucks. And also we can't even figure out who's good because the combine is probably not going to exist. So that's one yeah. thing. Uh, two, all these people making uh, most entertaining teams of the last 20 years list. Um, if you don't pick Roddy Bobois t- uh, first, you're not an actual Mavericks fan. I don't know who you are. You're an insane person who shouldn't uh, uh, be uh, a hot take machine for Dallas Mavericks fans, which is what I am. Uh, so those are the two things that I have. Uh, Roddy Bobois Roddy stand stuff and uh, trade the pick. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I have, I have nothing. Uh, I do have, well, you know what? <laughs> Not true. I have one thing. So I have a bone to pick with terrifying Dallas Mavericks coach Rick Carlisle. That Ooh, man fun. is so terse and rude during <laughs> press conferences. And then you get him on a podcast where he must be in a good mood. And I'm not sure if you've listened to this, so I'm going to recommend it. I'm recommending to everybody out there. It's the Hoops Adjacent Pod with uh, David Aldridge and, and Wass. I'm not going to try to say Wass's name. I'll butcher it. But Carl... I, I, I ended up, uh, you know, typing out what a lot of Carlisle's answers, transcribing. That's the word I was looking for. He is a chatty man when he gets, when he's in the right mood. I mean, I, I think wrote, uh, in, maybe, in, maybe in the quarantine minutes, got to him, man. In 11 minutes, I wrote down three pages single spaced from him. Okay. That's how much God. he talked. It was incredible. incredible. So. I don't know. <laughs> no, that's really I, look. I would not have taken him because right. He we always see him at his grumpiest, and it's very very short. 
Yeah. So uh, I'm gonna have to listen to this. No, this is yeah. I, this. You added it to my list, Kirk. This is happening. Yeah, I'm here to help. You know, you can go seek out Luca yeah. content to be mad about. And now you can look into this. Um, <laughs> Perfect. Well, Ben, as always, a delight. Thank you for coming on. I think we should talk again, probably. Everybody, you know, um, one last jab at the NBA before I get out of here. People that want to move the NBA calendar to be from December to August are monsters. I do not like you. We are not friends. It is not okay to be I, – I like summer. Players like summer. I like – my wife will probably tell me I need to stop doing this if, if basketball is over. Anyways. But I think we should – if we talk, if the way this is going the way it's going to happen, the Mavericks will make it to the playoffs. If there's steaming hot playoff takes, I want you on. If not, we'll have to wait until the offseason, which is probably going to be October-y. And then we can, uh, you know, figure out what's next. How's that sound? That sounds great. I think we'll have a lot to talk about in about a month. So let's, right. uh, let's plan on it. All right. Well, you have a good uh, good afternoon, good day, good week, guys. This has been Kirk Henderson and Ben Collins with Kirk Your Enthusiasm, episode 25. Thanks for hanging out. Bye.